Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome okay, to the Grindcast. Simon Area is here. Get ready. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. I got my man Brandon Rumball in the house. What's up, Brandon? How are you doing, Simon? Good, man. Good. Excited to excited to have you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm driving up here uh, from Washington. I had a meeting this morning, and I was just thinking about you know everything we're going to talk about and you know i I get excited to to kind of share my story because i know uh you know a lot of people can relate and uh you know hopefully somebody will be able to take something from this today and and apply it and uh you know be able to move forward and get through whatever they're going through no doubt i and and uh before we get started i wanted to uh you know i have something to give to you uh for the gentleman that you brought to breakfast that lost his child yeah yeah uh we got we got oh, something wow. done for him and and uh, i figured i could even just give it to you on here so i'm gonna bring it to you no, and that, show you that, real quick that's awesome so check this thing out wow so for those of you that 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 can't uh see this um brandon introduced me to a friend of his that uh lost his son in, in a car accident at a, at a very young age. I mean, just, I can't even imagine as a parent and, you know, I'm sure you having your daughters, especially like, now. Yeah. Can't even, it's, it's different when you got your own kids, you, you know? So, and then his heart, you know, was just, he's such a good person and, and uh, great man, great man for, for everything that he went through, just such a positive attitude. And uh, so we had this done, uh, done for his son. So it's, I got this for him. If you could get it to him, we, we uh, definitely will. Me. Um, I, I really don't, you know, people watching this, you know, the type of guy that Denny is the type of person that he is, this is, it's going to change his world. It really is. I mean, he's so appreciative and, uh, all he does is talk about his son and you know, how he's not here with us anymore. And, and, and I can see the changes in him. Um, as time goes on, you know, it's supposed to get easier. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all, all he does is talk about his son, post pictures, and, you know, this is going to mean so much to him. Um, I don't think everybody understands, uh, you know, the type of person that you are. If they don't know by now, um, this is just, this is what you do every day. This, no is a, this is a regular thing for you, and, um, you know, we really appreciate it, and I know Denny's going to appreciate it. Thank you, not only for this, but, you know, for the other stuff that we're not even probably going to talk about today. You know, yep. the, the countless veteran nonprofits that, that you guys have given to over the past year. I can't tell you how many times I got a call or an email Hey, uh, give me a nonprofit. Don't even tell me what it's about. Just hey, throw me a name, and 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 you're there. So you know, thank you. We appreciate you, man, and and uh, and your service. So uh, we're gonna dig in and start introducing uh, you to uh, all the people that are listening in on the grind on the grindcast. So uh, you're from uh, Uniontown, Pennsylvania, right? Correct, correct. And so, how was it growing up there? And what were some of your you know, memories or struggles even. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I first started off in uh, the Philadelphia area, moved over to Western Pennsylvania uh, when I was like three or four years old, uh, ended up going to Uniontown. And, uh, you know, from the time that I remember, uh, you know, my youngest memory, you know, it's, not a lot of good stuff, we'll just say, but, um, and I, and I don't say this because I want people to feel sorry for me or, you know, I don't, I don't talk about things in my life because I want somebody to say, man, that, that sucks. Right. Um, there's a lot of people that, that experience similar things growing up and yep. they think that they can't talk about it and they feel like they're so different from everybody else yeah. that nobody will get it. Yeah. Or, or they see you in a, with a suit jacket on and, 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 and think, you know, oh man, this guy must've just had it. 
made. it easy. Yep. Ne- never had this type of an upbringing growing up. And, so. and, and I've, I've done, I've been guilty of the same thing. You know what I mean? You see people and, and right from the start, you judge them and say, oh, well, he drives this car. So, you know, he must, he was given all this in his life. His parents must've been rich and they must've had a business and just gave it to him. And, you know, but, you know, growing up, um, I experienced a lot of things similar to, to, to what you did. Um, you know, parents, you know, weren't really, they were there, but they weren't there, if that makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking. Uh, you know, by the age of 12, I probably knew what every drug in the book was, knew how to, knew how to use them, um, just from seeing people uh, in and out of our house. Um, you know, didn't really understand what, what a good work ethic was. Um, you know, my dad would, he would work sometimes and then he'd be off for six months. My mom would never had a job growing up. I always thought that that was, it was just odd. You know, I, I, in 2000, let's see, 2000 to 2005, uh, you know, I was what, 10 to 15 years old. I think the house that we lived in, our rent was like $275 a month or something. It wasn't that long ago, just to give you an idea of, of, of how we grew up. Most of my, my childhood would even have a vehicle, um, and for some people, that's just crazy to hear like, oh, you guys didn't even have a car growing up? I'm like, no, we didn't. Like, it's not like it was, you know, 40, 50 years ago. We're talking about 10, 15 years ago. Um, and what I saw, I thought it was the norm. And then I got out there in the world and I started to see that, you know what, this isn't how life is supposed to be. You know, it's not, it's not about drugs. It's not about drinking. It's not about any of that stuff. Right. And uh, my mindset just started to change. But my, my family's mindset didn't, if that makes sense. Right. And so then you moved out. I, I left. Young. How young were you when you when you? I just turned fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, and it was it was crazy. It really was because I'm. I literally went to my parents and I was I was basically trying to see what they would do. You know what I mean? It was almost like, hey, I'm out. And really, what I want, you know, what I wanted them to do? Say no, 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 no way. And I wanted them yeah. to like change. You yeah. Know? And I I was ready to kind of embrace that, but it was almost just like, all right, later. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, right. so. So I left and moved down to Greene County, out in the country, Waynesburg. How do you think that impacted, you know, you growing up being just moving out at fifteen and and stuff like that? Well, you know, I guess, you know, as as time went on, you know, I, I started to deal with less BS, if that makes sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I put up with that for so long yeah. that I was not going to deal with no that. No tolerance for bullshit. No, no, not anymore. And um, and you know, it, I feel even. I shouldn't feel bad talking about this, but I do because at the end of the day, it's still my family. So, okay. you know, I still care about them yep. um, at the end of the day. I do. And, and I, I still do a lot for them and I still will do a lot for them. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm thankful almost for the, for the way that I was brought up 100%. because it led me to where I'm at now, no matter how bad it was, um, it led me to where I'm at. So I'm grateful for I'm, that. I'm grateful too. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, my upbringing, but you know, I, my mom, what she did give me is a lot of love, mm-hmm. you know, had me at 19 and uh, we didn't have much money. You know, we were yeah. in, a, in a, in a rough environment, but you know, I look back on, you know, fatherless and welfare and violence and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, man, I am grateful. You know, it's, it gives you an edge. Once you can get through all that, then, then you actually have an edge because what don't kill you makes you stronger, you know, type deal. And so then, so then you went to, was it Seton Hill? Yeah. So I, I, uh, I graduated high school in 2007 and, you know, I had a, I, I had a lot of options. Okay. You know, I played sports and, you know, I, I was, I had a good mentor in my life and he was kind of pushing me towards the military. Okay. But being you know the person that i am at that time you know young i knew everything and i ignored it and said you know what i'm gonna go to college and he said all right you know you go to college this is all on you didn't realize that seton hill was 
thirty thousand dollars a semester. You know, I, I I didn't. I just I don't know why, but I failed to think of that. Right. You know, growing up, we didn't talk about college. I didn't know. Like, I'm just thinking. Right. You know, I'm gonna the go. Kids there. come out now, and it's like, you know, they're just. I put it on the house account. You know, the yep. get a loan. Yeah, we're you good. Know what I mean? we're good. And, and don't think about it until. Yeah. You're and, out of there. And then I got there. My my plan, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to try out for the baseball team. I'm going to get on the team. I know I'm going to get on the team. And then I'm going to get a scholarship and I'm not going to have to worry about anything. Well, I, I got on the team. I was going to play a lot, but they didn't have any scholarship money because, like, once again, I didn't know that they planned this stuff out. You know, all their scholarship money was probably already gone mm -hmm. before the school year even started. Mm -hmm. So um, I got that first bill. It was like 20 grand. And I'm like, I can't pay this. I can barely buy a pizza right now right you know right um so i started to to think about you know what can i do and then and it just wasn't the money either i was very immature you know what i mean i was yeah living that college life which was partying drinking hanging out with girls doing all that stuff yep. not really doing what i should have been so it wasn't just the money right um there were other things too um and i realized that and i thought you know what i need some structure in my life i haven't had that ever where can i get that Marine Corps. Oh, so you said I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm going into the Marines. You know, there's All a right. war going on. I can serve my country. Maybe I can, you know, I can turn my life around. You know, I do my four years. I get out. Guess what? I got the GI Bill. Go back to college. Graduate. I'll be 26 years old. I did. You know, if, at the 26, I would have had a college degree. Uh, you know, four years in the Marine Corps. Uh, deployments overseas. I would have been set up and ready to go. So that's what I did. I joined the Marine Corps, um, and off to to Paris Island I went. And and, and so. But before we get into some of the things that have happened, you know, from going to the Marine yeah, Corps yeah. that, you know, not a lot of people even know what's coming, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but what, what positives, you know, what did you grab? What do you think you learned from the Marines to, that molded you into who you are, you know, today? You know, growing up, I thought that what I experienced growing up was tough. Okay. But what I experienced in the Marine Corps was some of the hardest times of my life, but, it, and people are going to be like, how does this make sense? It was the hardest time of my life, but it was also the greatest time of my life. Yeah. Um, just to, I mean, when you sit back and think about it, you know, you probably do the same thing, but you probably wonder how you got through some of these times in your life. And you're like, man, like it feels good knowing that, that I, I can get through this. So like everything moving forward, I, at least easy. I know I can do this. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it was, it was more mental than anything. There was a lot of physical stuff too, but you know, having a, a grown man tell you yes or no, you know, you got to ask yes or no, if you can use the restroom. You know what I mean? And you have a grown man dressing you in the morning. And when I'm going through boot camp and thinking about all this stuff, I'm like, how is this going to help me later in life? And fast forward a couple of years, Afghanistan, and uh, it's about, uh, you know, paying attention to the smallest details. When you're given orders, you know, when you're given orders, you know, you, you, you execute those orders as, as quickly as you can, because if you don't, guess what? People are going to die. Um, so every morning, you know, at, at, at Paris Island, we get up at, you know, 430 in the morning. We'd all get online and our drill instructor would say, hey, put on your left sock. All right, put on your right sock. Okay, you didn't do it fast enough. Take your right sock off. Take your left sock off. Put your right sock on. Every morning we would get dressed for about an hour. And I thought that this was crazy. Reps. Thought it was crazy. Reps like, getting dressed. Yeah, I, I'm thinking yeah. this guy just, he hates his life. He's trying to make us miserable. Busting everybody's chops. And then you fast forward again to Afghanistan. Light bulb goes off. You know, we're getting shot at and I'm, you know, we're coordinating, you know, doing all these things and, you know, I'm getting orders and I'm executing and I'm not thinking about it. I'm doing it. And what I realized is that's when it all started. They, they instilled that in us at a very, very early time in our career. And what happens when you, when you hesitate, you know, 
over in combat or, or, or in life, you know, you lose that deal or you lose that job or you lose your friend. Right. So we were taught not to hesitate and to act. And, and, and that's what, that's what we did. So how, how did, how did, uh, what happened then? So you got to Afghanistan and then how would, how would your life be changed through that process? Before that, uh, I, I did a tour in Iraq, was there for seven months, uh, 2009 from uh i think it was march to september 2009 i was there the war in iraq was pretty much over uh so i'm not going to sit here in line and and say hey i had this you know crazy deployment over in iraq and um but because i didn't you know when we got there it was over the guys before me the men and women that came before me um i'd never would want to go through what they went through you know talk about going into a city a, a big city with high rises and clearing it floor by floor room by room could you imagine doing that waiting with another guy on the other side with an ak waiting for you to kick in that door yeah no i'm good i'm good you know what i mean and then fast forward uh another year i got promoted became a squad leader and now my role had kind of changed a little bit to where i had five other marines you know um young young guys that my sole job was to train them get them ready for war and the only thing that i wanted to do or that i felt like i had to do was make sure that i brought them home safely safely if i could do that then I did my job, you know, at the same time while protecting the people in Afghanistan. So, you know, before I go any further, there's a common like misconception that people in Iraq or Afghanistan, you know, they're all bad people where people think for some reason that we're at war with the country. We're not people. We're not. Yeah. They're, they're just like us. You know, they want to, they want to provide for their family. They want to protect their kids. They just want to be left alone and they want to do what we want to do. You know what I mean? Some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life are from Afghanistan. When I got hurt, laying in a hospital bed, I got a call from a satellite phone over in Afghanistan. And it was an Afghan army soldier that couldn't speak any English, just wanted to call and hear my voice to see if I was still alive. Think about that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I owe a lot to those, to those people that are over there. So just to set the record straight, you know, whenever you're thinking about this, people, you know, that are listening, think about that stuff. We're not at war with the country. We're not at war with their people. We're at war with the extremists, with the Taliban, with Al Qaeda, with people that want to hurt other people. Okay. We're not at war with the people from Afghanistan or, or Middle Eastern people or people that are Muslim. So, uh, we need to get over that. It's 2020. Um, in our country, we have people from all over people, different color, people from everywhere. So, um, basically don't 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 judge somebody Amen. before you even before you know them, you know Amen. what i mean so but that 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 changed me so then well. what happened over there so you we know, get let's get into the you know how your life would change physically yeah. and you know all that stuff and then and then we'll get into how you dealt with that mentally and and uh some things that people can grab you know from yeah. that I, yeah. you know i was talking to a friend earlier and we were talking about adversity and you know what tips do you have on overcoming those things and you know one of my tips that i've done is just just bring things to the right perspective mm-hmm. of man you think you got it hard you think that you went through some shit you think that this is a bad time until you put it in the perspective of of what you had to go through yeah yeah you know what i mean so mm-hmm. what what happened e- even my perspective i will say this you n- could say you could not be here anymore yeah no matter what situation you're in it could always be worse no doubt and i i, I literally tell myself that all the time because you know i get caught up but 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 anyways you know we, we deployed to afghanistan got off the plane and you know we were relieving a unit that was there they've been there for like a month or so and they were just over it you know you could see it in their eyes they were ready to go home and i'm like what do we just get ourselves into you know thinking like this is completely different than our deployment to iraq you know what am i gonna what what, what do i have to look forward to for the next seven months 
we start doing our patrols you know we're, we're meeting with the locals and you know these people want us here you know i've realized that you know the stuff that my head was filled with before i came here a lot of it's false these are good-hearted people uh they just want to live their life my job is to protect them keep my guys safe get rid of the taliban so we're doing patrols every day and you know sure enough first time i get shot at um it, it changed my life forever i don't know you ever been shot at oh yeah multiple times yep so you you know what it's like you know what it's like right it's, giovanni i ain't lying that's it this is the true answer. I ain't saying it because it sounds yep. good. Multiple times yep. I've been shot at. And I, I'm still here, though. Somebody, If somebody looks you in the eyes and tells you that they are not afraid when they get shot at, they're lying to you. Because it's one of the scariest things in the world. You know what? And if you don't have a gun, it's even worse. But uh, I remember the first time that I got shot at, and I started thinking and playing in my head scenarios over and over what I was going to do. Sure enough, training kicks in. I start coordinating, looking around at everybody. Um, and there's always that one guy or that one girl, you know, that, that's always like, oh, I can't wait for this day to happen. Yeah. You know, I want it to happen. Yeah. And then guess what? Guess where they're at? They're hiding Shit behind a pants. wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would never wish that upon anybody. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's not cool. It, it, it isn't. But um, it changed my life forever because just as fast as it happened, as fast as I was brought into this world, I realized that I could be taken out of this world. Um, so I got to live and from a perspective standpoint, like you said, I got to live every day like it's my last. And I know we hear that all the time, but it's, when you're getting shot at, it's the truth. You know, from yeah. that point on, um, I literally thought my next step could be over because yeah. it could have been. Yeah. Uh, but it changed my perspective on life. You know, these people are really trying to kill us. You know what I mean? And it's it's crazy. Now I got to my job is to to kill them. You know what I mean? And right. I didn't know how I'd be able to handle that. And, you know, I, I struggled with this for a while with, you know, taking somebody's life. Like, what's going to happen to me after I die? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I struggled with that. I, I wouldn't go to church, you know, because I thought this ain't the place for me because I've taken lives before. And then it took a while to get through that. But, um, you know, for the first three months we were in Afghanistan, we had found uh, actually a little less than three months. The first uh, 75 days, we had found about 90 IEDs. And an IED, for people listening, an improvised explosive device, uh, basically a homemade bomb that the Taliban would make. They would hide them in the ground, hide them in walls, put them in right in doors. You kick a door open, they blow up. And that was the main way that they fought us. Uh, they did not want to get close to us because they knew um, – that if they engaged us and we could see them and we knew where they were at, it was game over. They had no chance. Uh, so they tried to do, uh, you know, some of those coward tactics where they would hide bombs. And long story short, kids, little kids, end up stepping on these bombs. Locals end up stepping, oh, and it was the yeah. worst thing in yeah. the world. The worst thing in the world. And you know, our tactics or, or or our procedures, we weren't technically we weren't allowed to call a medevac for a, a local or somebody that had gotten hurt if one of our guys weren't hurt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, real quick, we had a, a, a little girl that she stepped on an IED, lost one of her arms. It was in a wall. The, the pressure plate was on the ground. She stepped on it. It was in the wall, took her arm off, and no other, none of our uh, service members had gotten hurt. So, we, we came up with an IED. We said, well, hey, we're going to call a medevac, and we're just going to lie. We're going to say that somebody had gotten hurt. They're going to get here. We're going to put her on a helicopter. They're going to take her. They're going to treat her, and they're going to be mad at us, but it is what it is. We'll deal with it later. Um, and that's, that's the type of stuff that, that, that we did over there. So, People have this common misconception that wherever they're just hunting people, killing people, it's it's a lot of humanitarian stuff too. Right. You know, one of our main goals over there was to build a school for the kids. You know, the way the Taliban controlled was take away the education, take away the money, and guess what? People can't get out of poverty. So we wanted to Shh, give them the a truth, school. Bro. We wanted to give them a place to learn. Yeah. So we did that. Um, just some of the things that we had done. But uh, on four occasions in those first three months that I was in Afghanistan, I was the guy in front of or the guy behind somebody that had stepped on an IED. Whew. So I'm thinking, 
man, my time's going to come. Sooner or later, my time's going to come. It's just a matter of when. It's not, it's not you know, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? It's just when. So imagine, you know, walking from here to your car every day and thinking that where you step, there could be a bomb. You know what I mean? Hit or miss. You don't know. You know, you're going to either win the lottery or you're not going to win the lottery. Um, so we had a couple Afghani army soldiers uh, get hurt, lost some limbs and, you know, way worse for them than it is for us because we have all the resources back here. They don't really have that. Um, you know, we had a couple of our guys get hurt. Uh, my platoon sergeant, first time I got blown up, uh, he had stepped on an IED. Took his left leg or took his right leg uh, above the knee. I was right in front of him when he had stepped on it. Got blown through a wall, and you know I got knocked out. Woke up, and uh, the dust settled, and you know I, I looked around and I saw him in a hole, you know, about five feet deep, uh, missing his right leg, stomach blown open. Uh, first time I ever saw anything like that. Changed my life forever. He was laying on the ground. I'll never forget this. Um, and now that I have a daughter, it, it makes perfect sense. But uh, he, he looked at us and he said, you know, if I don't make this, uh, tell my daughter that I loved her and that I did this for her. I mean, that, that was one of the saddest things yeah. that I've ever heard in my life. No doubt. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. And Crazy. at the time, not knowing that I would experience this myself and then I would see it numerous times. You know, long story short, helicopter lands, you know, pick him up, take him to the helicopter. I remember, you know, I'm covered in his blood. We didn't have, you know, running water, we no laundry, we, you know, none of that stuff. So I had his blood all over me. And uh, I had to wear my, my uniform the rest of the time I was there. So I had to think about that every day. And, uh, you know, luckily he ended up pulling through. He was the first one of our guys that got hurt. And think about it. He's been in the Marine Corps for 20 years. Um, if it happened to him, why couldn't it happen to me? Right. I've been in the Marine Corps for three years. You know, he's trained. He's been here. He's been in combat. If it happened to him, it could happen to any of us. So the next two months were, uh, they were rough, but we had a job to do, you know. So uh, the day that I'd gotten hurt, November 29, 2010, I'll never forget it. Uh, we were, our base was up on top of a hill and then we had villages on each side. Um, we would run patrols uh, in each of the villages and uh, we decided to set up a secondary base in a house in one of the villages so that we could have kind of like a constant presence. Uh, they felt safer if we were there actually in the village. So um, we had just got back from a patrol I sent out a group of uh, four Marines to do a security patrol uh, around the building just to check for IEDs, make sure you know they weren't getting in close, throwing grenades or doing anything crazy. And within five minutes, hear an explosion. Right away, know what it was. Uh, somebody either stepped on an IED or, some, or the Taliban set off an IED and hopefully nobody got hurt. Well, I grabbed the radio, put it up to my ear. Sure enough, hey, we need some, uh, we need a medevac, we need immediate support. Lance Corporal Chavis stepped on an IED. Uh, missing both of his legs above the knees. Uh, we need help right away. So I call for a medevac. They're eight minutes out. I'm like, that's great. They're going to be here. We're going to save his life. Uh, I grab a couple of my guys. We sprint down to where he is. He's inside of a courtyard. And right away, one entry, one exit. Um, know that they, they did that for a reason. Where there's one IED, there's usually 10 more. Um, so I had a decision to make. You know, as a leader, we can go uh, one of two ways, okay? We can sit behind our desk and we can just hope that people are going to do what we want them to do without really any guidance. Or when the tough stuff happens, instead of us getting out in front of it, we can make somebody else do it. You know, my garbage can's full. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm looking at it. You know what? I'm the boss. I don't have to do that. I'm going to call in Joe. He's going to come in. I'm going to tell him them to my garbage because I can. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I knew that I couldn't be that guy. I'm standing there 
and uh i know that we got to go get him the helicopter's about to land i got a stretcher in my left arm rifle in my right arm um i'm looking at him and i'm like i got to do this so i put everybody on security and i start walking in towards him I take that first step nothing happens I'm like all right good i got 20 more steps to go if i can make it to him i know i'll be able to get out we'll be good get him on the helicopter save his life i'll be fine we'll we'll move on to the next mission take that second step nothing happens I'm like all right good 19 more steps to go and on that third step wasn't so lucky stepped on a secondary ied uh, it was about 10 pounds of homemade explosives uh, i felt like it blew me up in the air i felt like i did a backflip i don't know if i really did but that's what it felt like uh, landed on my back and i remember you know seeing the sky and i tried to stand up and i couldn't get up I'm like oh shit you know what's going on you know did the was the blast the concussion from that blast that bad that i'm still kind of all messed up see i can't get up yeah yeah <clears throat> so i try to get up again i'm like oh shit i can't get up i'm like i never felt this before started to get real hot and then i got cold and then i got hot again and then i looked down and that's when i realized you know oh shit this is bad you know left leg's gone right leg's still there but um my toes were my heel was up my toes were down and i'm like my leg's not supposed to be facing that way right and then bleeding out everywhere you know i lost tip of my trigger finger one of my other fingers was kind of hanging there uh you know broke both of my arms collapsed both of my collapsed both of my lungs uh my back was all jacked up got a lot of my teeth knocked out from the shrapnel uh from the ied uh, my face was bleeding and once all that happened um it's like my whole life flashed in front of me and i, I literally thought that i was going to die and i don't know if you've you've i don't know if you've ever been in that situation or anybody listening has been in that situation where it was life or death and you truly thought that you were going to die but you start to think about a lot of stuff and i thought about everything that i'd done in my life up to that point and it's not that i wasn't proud of it but i knew that i wasn't grinding like i knew that i was just coasting you know what i mean like i was getting by yeah i was doing just enough to where people thought that I was doing good. Yeah. But it was it was it was pretty much fake, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was just just got lucky, you know what I mean? I was yep. just there. I was there. Yep. And I thought if I get through this, I'm not going to live life like that anymore. You know what I mean? It's it was always it was always the Brandon show. You know, what can Brandon do for Brandon? What can what can everybody else do for Brandon? Not what can Brandon do for everybody else. And I said no more. Um, you know, it's gotten me this to this point in my life, so obviously something's got to change. If I make it through this, it's going to be different so my corpsman comes over he's a, a medic he starts working on me um you know i'm bleeding out and he looks at me and it, it's not looking too good i can tell uh the helicopter lands and uh they put me on a stretcher and they put me on a helicopter and helicopter takes off i pass out and i wake up two weeks later i'm back in the united states um i had went from where i'd gotten hurt to a hospital in afghanistan where i had you know they I say died twice, but lost pulse twice. They brought me back. Once I was stable enough, they flew me from the hospital in Afghanistan to a hospital in Germany. I was there for a while. Don't remember being there, but they said that I was making phone calls and doing all this stuff. No idea. Don't remember. And then I fly back to the United States where I was at Walter Reed Army Medical Center for the next two years of my life going through therapy. Wow. Yeah. Two years. Two years. And, and so then you would... You would recover recover yeah and and then so what what type of stuff you know from there I, I can only imagine and we've talked about yeah just the mental adversity after that of of oh shit you know now i can't do things that i used to be able to do and normal things that any normal person would, yeah. would feel those emotions uh we would just for the sake of time assume that 
people would get like how would you feel if that happened to you that yeah. those are the emotions going on yeah yeah how do you pick yourself back up off the ground uh literally and figuratively mm-hmm. uh after going through that type of uh of adversity what things can people grab from you what lessons would you pass on to people yeah. on how to overcome adversity yeah um don't expect a solution overnight with anything in life we're talking you know hardships business anything in life it's just not going to happen overnight you got to put in the time and that was a struggle for me i wanted everything right now right now right now and if anything that that whole process going through that taught me that with hard work dedication and consistency you can get through anything in life anything you know your marriage you know relationships business work friendships anything if you're a consistent person you will you'll pull through um, in the first seven or eight months, I was not that consistent person. I was the, the crying person, the boohoo person, the, the nobody knows what I'm going through. I mean, we do it all the time. Yeah. I still do it. And I catch myself and I, I make sure that I don't uh, continue to do that. I stop it real quick. Yeah. But it's just human nature. That's how we are. You know? It's normal to be there. You just can't live there. Exactly. You can't stay in that, no. can't stay in that and, space. And people think that because you go there that you're you're not a you know you're not a strong person but yeah. everybody goes there yep. so get that you know everybody listen need to get that through their head that like it's okay to have a bad day it's okay to say hey you know i'm feeling sorry for myself but you better snap out of it real quick yep okay it's gonna happen there's no perfect you know dream world where everything goes right and you're happy every day it's just i'm, I'm sure people look at you and they think man he's got it all he's always happy thanks every day he's got to be pretty easy they 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 don't see they don't see the stuff behind closed doors okay and and what it took was me opening up my eyes and that's what i did i opened up my eyes and i will say this and i mean this and i don't mean to take away from anything that anybody's been through but whatever situation that you've been through or what you're going through it could always be worse somebody else has already gone through it if not worse and they they found a way to get through the adversity same hand you were dealt and they won with that and they won with it so what excuses do we have amen i lost both of my legs all right it is what it is. I was at the hospital with a guy that lost both of his legs and both of his arms. And he gets up every day. He was getting up before me. He was going to therapy. He was happy. He was smiling. He was doing everything that he could do. And that's what changed it for me. How, we're, Controlling we're, what you can control. We're, how often? And how, watching somebody else's attitude under adversity inspired you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I think that our ego gets in the way to where like we don't want to like, I don't need to look up to Simon. You know, Simon's another dude. Why am I going to look up to right. another guy? Right. I, I'm me. Yep. You know, I want to look up to me. No, yep. it, it's good. I'm sure you have people you look up to, mentors. Absolutely. Um, and once I was able to get through that whole ego side of things, uh, life changed. You know, it, it really how did. Do you, how, how did you get through the ego side of things? Um, it, it took a lot of pushing people away. A lot of, no, I don't need help. A lot of falling on my ass. A lot of basically hitting rock bottom and saying i can't do this alone okay and it's okay to say that i can't do this alone it's okay to say that you need help and unfortunately in the marine corps they taught us not to talk about that stuff they taught us to kind of keep it all in yep. your men you know you fight through it you're fighters you're warriors you'll get through it but that's it, not real it's not it's in the real world that, that it don't work that way you know what i mean it's okay to rely on people it's okay to depend on people but also you want to be that person too that people want to depend depend on on. and rely on so it goes both ways i think part of that being being somebody that others can depend on goes with you know we'll transition into you know what you're doing now yeah how's life going now what are you doing now i know you you, you've uh 
uh, recently uh, had a daughter. She's yeah. she's turning eleven months. What's her name? Remy. Remy, Remy. Delane. Yep. So Remy. Remy's eleven months. Eleven. She's turned eleven months yesterday. Okay. Yep. So close close to her first uh, birthday. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank it you. It only gets better. Yep. It only gets the, the you know I, I see you with her and the love that you have for her and all that. It, it only gets better or worse. You know, yep. depending on how you, you know. It's just like man, it, it it gets deeper and stronger and all that stuff. W- what's going on with your What's your situation now? You know, I know we talked about one of the transitions you made coming into this year was I'm going to start getting up and, and, and going going to the gym every morning. Yeah, you what know, time? Uh, Five a.m. Getting up, going to the gym, working out for an hour, coming home. Come on. And you know, I I I wanted to spend more time with my daughter, and I was I I kind of the last year. I used an excuse as, oh, I got a new business, I got a new, new daughter, baby. you know, yeah. it's okay, you know what I mean? And and then then I realized that I was just lying to myself. Um, and all that's doing is have you seen any changes and I'm not fishing if, if you don't you don't I don't yeah. want you to make up something but have you seen any any positive changes since getting up that early and working out in the mornings and anything that you could grab a hold of 100 percent um before that I would catch I would I would catch my I would like get depressed I'd be like man I'm not doing I know I'm not doing everything that I can be doing <laughs> now I feel like man I'm, I'm starting a day off right I'm getting a, a, I'm getting a workout in um, I'm doing I just feel like I'm doing more okay when you feel like you're doing more if you feel like you're doing more than somebody else or or you know you, you just feel better you feel whole you feel complete um, so now I'm able to get up at five go to the gym I get home um, I see my daughter uh, before she goes to, to, to daycare um, I spend some time with her I get out start my day come home spend some time with her before she goes to bed and it's 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 the greatest thing in the world I mean we're taught not to compare ourselves to other people from a young age growing up and I started to compare myself to other people, you being one of them. I see where you're at, I see what you're doing, and I say, man, what does it take to get there? How, how, can, I be, how can I be like Simon? You know, how can I be like somebody like you? And it starts with getting up early. It starts with loving your family. It starts with being a good dad, being a good husband, being all those things. It's not just being one of them, it's yep. being all of them. All of them, and all you can do them. it all. It just takes time. It takes time. Like I said, it goes back to, it's not gonna happen overnight. This has been 30 years of my life, ups and downs, uh, you know, looking up to different people. Um, and I think we get caught up in, you know, looking at all the good things people do. But you can also learn from the bad things that people are doing. What not to do. Pay attention to both sides of it. For Amen. sure. For sure. Amen. And so what are you doing now uh, business-wise? Um, so I have What's a, this thing here on the shirt there? So um, I throw this on my jacket. It's, it's, it's a Purple Heart. I'm proud of it. Um, you know, I, one of the greatest things in my life was being able to serve my country. I feel like, you know, if you're capable, you're 18 years old, you know, man or woman, if you're physically capable, mentally capable, you serve your country. It's the right thing to do. You do it for other people that can't do it. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of my time in the Marine Corps. I'm proud of everything that I've, that I've went through. It's, it's, it's not all of me. It's just a part of me. So when, right. when people look at me, I don't want just them to look at me and say, oh, he's that guy that lost his legs in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot more than just that. Yep. And that's, that's what we're working on now. You know, I got my business just started last year. Um, I have a civil engineering firm. Uh, we do a lot of land development type stuff, uh, land surveying, environmental consulting, um we have our nonprofit. it's about the warrior foundation i, I do a little bit of speaking still um basically what's just, the name of the company again uh your company brandon brs brandon rumball solutions um and uh you know we really we're out there in the, the oil and gas industry the development industry uh, real big in this area here just trying to grow the business uh trying to surround ourselves with good people and, and build good relationships uh with our clients yeah, yeah. beautiful yes sir. beautiful so h- how would somebody be able to get a hold of you 
for uh, via uh, social media yeah, yeah. stuff like that to connect with you? Uh, the biggest thing that I use right now is is, is Instagram. I feel like it's the easiest thing uh, uh, to really get your message out there to to communicate with people all over the world. Uh, my Instagram, it's just at my first and last name, Brandon Rumbaugh, B R A N D O N R U M B A U G H. Um, and you'll get on there right away. You'll, you'll, you'll know it's me, um, you know, in, in my bio, you know, I got the Marine Corps in there. I'm, you know, I'm a father, the main things that I'm, I'm really proud of in my life and serving my country, uh, being a father to my daughter and, and, and being a husband. I, I just love it. I love it. Amen, man. Well, I, I tell you what, it's anytime me and you get to get, get yeah. to spend some time together. It's, uh, it's awesome, man. It is likewise. I enjoy your company and, and, uh, spending time with you and, uh, you know, I know I speak on behalf of a lot of other people when I say that that uh, you're appreciated, man, and yep. and uh, the things that you've done and the sacrifices that you've made for us and and our country are appreciated by myself and my family and and uh, my kids and and uh, and everything for people like you to do what you do uh, opens up opportunities for me to do uh, what I do and yeah. and, no, and that you. that inspires me. You know, I feel indebted to that and and uh, when I need to pull motivation and stuff when i'm tired those are things that that uh that i think about and uh so i appreciate i appreciate, I appreciate you, you and and uh and i'm excited for you man i'm proud of you like you said that it, that ain't the only thing about you you know you're bench pressing 375 pounds trying and, to get there and uh working on, working on 400 and we got a yep. business rocking you're in good shape and and uh so we got and you're early, you're young man you're, i know you're early 30s and, and just uh, turned 30 yeah we got we got nothing but time a lot of and, life a lot of life left to go man a lot yes, of sir. people left to help and a lot of people to uh to inspire so we'll get after it together but but before we stop here you you know you just spent a good 30 seconds thanking me but what i want people to understand listening and you to understand is that i wouldn't have the opportunities that i have and i wouldn't be in the position that i have if it wasn't for people like you because when i came home i was embraced and almost if i wanted to stay and do nothing with my life that never would have happened you guys wouldn't have let me you, you forced me to get out there and and prove myself and uh I'm forever in your debt, as as you said, you're forever in my debt. But I feel like I'm in debt to to you and everybody else out there uh, that has helped me get to this point in my life. I didn't do it on my own. Um, our Vietnam veterans, you know, I thank them. You know, when they came home, it was way different than when I came home. You know, welcome home to our Vietnam vets. Uh, they set the standard for us, even though we turned our backs on them as a country. Uh, if it wasn't for them, uh, you know, I wouldn't have everything that I have now. So you know thank you and, and thank them as well amen brother amen i appreciate you man we got a lot lot more to give let's rock this thing together yes sir uh thanks hey if if this helped anybody out there do me a favor and share uh brandon's story share our message uh on the grindcast so we can help some more people uh thanks for joining us on another episode of the grindcast get ready it's a new day count money man money stack man. riches trying to told, told him i'm a beast bud.